Hello and welcome to another episode of Tekava Vet Chat. My interviewee tonight is not a veterinary surgeon, or it is nearly one. It's Meryl Knops, um, the president of IFSA, the International Veterinary Student Association. And uh, I uh, like to welcome her tonight for this episode of Tekava Vet Chat. So hello, Meryl. Hi, Wolfgang. <laughs> so, did you did you also recover from all the congresses last week? Yeah, there was a, a lot happening, definitely. But it was it was such a great experience. I think I saw you at the at the World and European Congress, but did you also did you also go to a BSAVA Congress as well? No. I didn't get to attend the BSAVA one, but I was okay. at the Wasava Fakava Congress. I'm always I'm always amazed sort of how much sort of uh, how much your veterinary students sort of manage to what shall I say to squeeze out uh, time to 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 squeeze out time sort of to to additionally attend these events and we will probably come to that also later uh, uh, with all the extra work you guys have with uh, with the International Veterinary Student Association but let's first have a little bit of a chat about you so uh, I understand you are originally uh, from the Netherlands, but you are studying in Penn University in Belgium. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Was veterinary medicine always the thing you wanted to do, or how? Did yeah, it's a it's a very basic story. I was like a six year old girl from the second I found out what a veterinarian is and that it exists. I was like, okay, that's what I want to do. Um, and I have been saying that ever since I was a little kid and it, it never changed. So, so there was, there was no plan B for you. I briefly considered human medicine as a plan B, but that would be like, if I didn't get into vet school, um, but then I didn't get into vet school in Utrecht and I was like, okay, no, I don't want to do human medicine. So I went to Belgium to go to vet school. Yeah, was human medicine was was a sort of one of my sort of plan B's, and I'm very happy mm -hmm. that it didn't turn out because I think we're far more interesting job. I mean, I'm married to mm -hmm. uh, to a human uh, doctor, and uh, so it's not only one species. We have sort of many different species, and just the the work we do is just so more varied mm. so yeah. uh, i don't know maybe, maybe i have a short-sighted idea i mean there's also so many interesting fields in human medicine mm -hmm. but then, yeah, and then I, I thought I, I was possibly not cut out of it sort of some uh, uh emotional sides of 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 the job i think i, mm -hmm. I, I possibly find very difficult mm. yeah yeah so, um, but you're Dutch, you're studying in Belgium, uh, how, how, how does that work? Um, uh, did you also try to get a place at uh, Utrecht University or, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so in my final year of high school, I uh, applied for a place at uh, Utrecht University. Um, but at the time they worked with some kind of like a lottery system. Um, so it was kind of based on coincidence mainly. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get in at the time. Uh, I was absolutely devastated. I think I cried for a week. Uh, it was like yeah. basically like a, a dream being shattered. Um, but, you know, you kind of have to look at the 
the options then. Um, and in the end, I applied to Ghent University. I got started there. Um, I was pretty scared because they make it sound like a, a very terrifying um, mm. kind of study, um, which it is. It, it is very difficult, of course. Um, and then in my first year at vet school in Belgium, I did apply again to go to Utrecht because I was like, okay, if it, did, if it doesn't work out in Ghent, I want to have like a plan B. Um, and then I actually got in, but I, I completely settled in there. I already had plans to like go on a vacation with my friends and I had plans of like moving in with some other friends afterwards as well. Um, so I didn't want to leave anymore. So I just stuck around and now it's been almost five years. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, so, yeah. definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it was when, when I, when I studied, I studied in Hanover and uh, uh, with me, it was right the opposite. I didn't expect getting a place. And then, yes, they had also the mm -hmm. some sort of lottery system. And so, and I was doing my national service and I was sort of in the Navy and suddenly sort of my parents phoned and said, yes, a letter from the university or, or so and uh, and and I said yeah don't worry I'm don't worry that it didn't turn out and and I it, it sort of I was not expecting it so, yeah. so no 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 you got a place you got a place and it's like what yeah, <laughs> it was completely crazy so I then had to decide do I do I finish my national service uh, immediately or do I do I, or do I do I see it through or do I finish it immediately but then I would have had mm -hmm. to go and uh, and when I I actually finished in the national service first because I thought let's let's have that done and uh, gave me also a little bit more time and uh, and then yes yeah we got over the years in students German students that had started in Kent and uh, yeah, they were a bit shell shocked because <laughs> it was, the, the the course in Kent was was known to be be quite tough yeah yeah it but definitely then, is yeah I mean veterinary medicine wherever you do it is I think it's it's it's, it's mm -hmm. not course mm. no when i talk to friends they, they say the same things like friends from all over the place um vet school is difficult doesn't matter where it is so uh you are then due to finish this summer or uh, uh no so this year i'm taking a bit of a sabbatical um, okay. so i can focus a lot of my time on ibsa because it is basically a full-time job to be president um so I took on just a couple of subjects in the first semester, and then now I'm in the second semester and I'm not taking on any. Uh, mm. So I'm gonna do my fifth year again next year with like the subjects I have remaining. And then there's also the sixth year as well, so. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that, that would explain one, <laughs> one of my questions I had, <laughs> which, which is sort of how do vet students find the time to be so active in IFSA. So, I mean, we have been working, we have been working, IFSA and FECAVA have been working together now for, for several <laughs> years and, and yeah. a lot of good projects uh, that are done. And what we notice is, I mean, IFSA is very often sort of the, the organizations that answers the fastest, the more in the most efficient way. They are really switched on. If you have somebody from IFSA in a working group, also 
you guys are just, I mean, amazing. It's putting us, putting us all to shame, really. Mm. But then, yes, yeah, if you, if you take a sabbatical, then, yeah, you have a little bit. Because I, I couldn't have done it. At certain times mm -hmm. during my studies, it just, I wouldn't have found the time, I think. No, yeah, it is. Um, the president job usually is the only one that takes the year off. Uh, all the other positions in our team of officials or in our board, they, they don't. Um, I was on the executive committee last year as well, um, and on the Flemish veterinary student board, uh, but I combined those two positions with also full-time vet school. Um, so this year is actually um, easier to manage, even if being a president, obviously, it is almost a 40-hour week. Um, but no vet school for me right now. So that definitely does help. And most previous presidents have also taken the year off. And there was me. I took, I took the year off, <laughs> but actually half a year off when I was studying. And, uh, but th that was to work in steelworks in Hanover to, for, <laughs> for three months and then to travel to Australia and to Fiji. And, and there we go. So, so you guys take, take the year off. <laughs> to do something for the profession. So it, it really yeah. <laughs> just amazing sort of, but um, let's talk a little bit about IFSA because um, IFSA, uh, I, I think there are some um, universities and some students that are very aware of IFSA. And I find that other universities are not so connected. They're not so aware. They're not so engaged. Um, uh, admittedly, sort of, I mean, I've, when I studied the history of IFSA a little bit more, to my horror, I noticed that they were already around when I was at Hanover Vet School. And to be quite honest, in Germany, we had, I mean, we did, we did exchanges between mm -hmm. universities. We had a very nice exchange with Bristol, for example, and also university in Poland and in France. Uh, but uh, International Veterinary Student Association, I had no idea that that existed. So how, how does it come? It's pretty much depending on some individual people probably at the university, I would say, or. Yeah, I think that's a thing that a lot of student associations run into because the fact we're students, you know, in some schools, the third year is the hardest, and then in others, the final year is the hardest. So there's always such a high turnover. Um, I guess in national veterinary association boards, there's people that can manage to make time for multiple years in a row. But for us, we can be, we're, we're lucky if someone sticks around for two years, uh, but quite often it is maybe for one year that they can make the time. So it's just the turnover that makes it very hard to have uh, a consistent, um, presence at university. So member engagement definitely is something that remains one of our priorities to focus on as well. Um, but yeah, it, it depends on the country. There are definitely some countries as well that have had like a very big presence in the past years. I would say Germany now actually is one of our, our most active ones. Um, so yeah, and then there is other countries that have a bit of a, a tougher time so those are also things that we focus on as IBSA. Um, and then there's MOs that have a very active period and then the people quit, the active people quit, and then they kind of, they don't completely disappear, 
but um, it becomes a bit more low key. So yeah, that's always a shame to see. But I think that's one of the, the issues with, such, with, with having such a high turnover. How was that with you? Was um, uh, uh, sort of international well, communication with, with students from other vet schools, was it always, how, how, how did you get into that? Or the work with IFSA? Um, yeah, so I, I think I've always had a very big interest in travel and just different cultures around the world. And I always wanted to kind of get to know more about that. And then in my second year of vet school, I had a friend who got to be on the board of IVSA Ghent. Uh, and she was like, yeah, hey, do you maybe like, you're also interested in this. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I would love to be on the board as well. So then I kind of got in there um, as a, a social media manager at the time. Uh, and the year after I ran for president of IVSA Ghent. So then, you know, I kind of went higher up and then I ran for a position in IVSA Global. So it kind of like escalated like yeah. that. But yeah, it definitely was always something I really, really enjoyed. Um, Once you're in it, it's, it's addictive. Yeah. It, it really is addictive. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't stop. You, you just yeah, now, it's, I mean, that's the same thing as with Fekava. I mean, that's what I, what I always sort of tell um, a lot of sort of when I, when I go to national meetings or speak to my sort of fellow German country men and women sort of, I say, guys, if if you when you experience this, sort of sitting on a at a table, and then with colleagues from 10, 15 different countries around the table, and you realize we we are sitting in the same boat. We are not a big profession, but yet we 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 have all the same. We might not speak the same language, but then we have all the same. But we have all the same problems day to day difficulties and a lot of sort of things to talk about and uh, it's it's one of the best companies I could have I could have wished uh, for and I mean all the contacts I made over the years through Fekava uh, also for example do, uh, during the student exchanges sort of that, that we did at the time at, at vet school so if they some of these people they they are lifelong friends in fact one of the the, the, the guys here in England, I, I did in Germany, the exchange with, he is now the godfather of one of my sons. So it goes, it goes a long way. Actually. Yeah, yeah, it really does. It is, it's really great to, to meet so many people from all over the world. And there's so, so many similarities uh, that you can find yourself in and that you can, you can bond over. And then there's also the differences that actually connect you even more sometimes I would say that's definitely I think one of my my favorite things and some of my best friends they live in completely different countries um they live all over the world uh, which isn't always great because sometimes you know you just want to see them you want to be there in person but you can't um but on the other hand it is it's a great feeling to know you can travel any place and have people to welcome you into their homes. Well, so if, uh, that brings me to, to one point that obviously hasn't helped in that respect, and that's COVID. Mm. So, I mean, it has uh, affected sort of our sort of day-to-day -day working environment at veterinary clinics. 
Well, I mean, I'm just dreading to think about the impact it must have had on, on that students because I mean, the, a lot of things, especially in the final two years at that school, there's a lot of hands-on and close-up uh, uh, manual activities you have to do. And they are just so vital for, for our job later. I mean, you, you need to get your clinical experience. So how, how has that impacted on students sort of but what are you sort of reports back and how have they managed to work around it? Yeah, so um, I've been asked this question quite often in the, the past couple of months, of course. Um, and I think one of the things I always used to say was how resilient vet students are. Um, so how much, you know, we've adapted and we've continued to just keep on going. Um, and of course that's true. We we are extremely resilient and, but I don't know, lately I, I just think that um, resilience really shouldn't be the standard, basically. Um, it, 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 it's a very hard time for students. And I feel like just saying, oh, we're so resilient. Um, it just kind of euphemizes everything that's happening to us right now, because it is very hard. It is super hard for students starting vet school in their first year not being able to go out and make friends in the in the lecture halls or going to the parties and meeting new people it's hard for the the fifth years and the sixth years who are supposed to have all of their clinical rotations get that practical experience um and they barely can um it, it is very hard and i'm not gonna sit here and pretend it's not because as long as no one as long, basically as long as everyone just says oh no it's fine um we can we can go on there's not going to be any help basically um so yeah it hasn't been it hasn't been great on us and i mean that and and that's also followed on sort of finding placements in clinics at the moment with with very little or no work experience sort of I think it's very, very difficult. I mean, just you can't do interviews in the traditional way. I mean, if the best is possibly Zoom interviews or something like that, but well, it's it, it's still probably far more difficult at the moment to get placements because what I heard sort of a lot of clinics try to avoid having a lot of newcomers or outsiders in their, in their team because that's an additional infection risk. Mm. Yeah, it definitely is, um, I think, also a bit harder to have job interviews right now. Um, it's hard to, to really leave a correct impression on a screen. 97% mm. of communication is nonverbal, so it, it is very hard, of course, to kind of show yourself um, when you're not really there in person. Uh, and then also, as you said, there, the, the people graduating now, they have had uh, a more limited practical education. Um, so yeah, to maybe the vets that are hiring the, the new colleagues, the young colleagues that just have come out of vet school, um, take it into consideration that it has been not a classical education for them, that they do need even more guidance than I think most people coming out of vet school already do. because. Um, I think obviously new vets, they need quite a lot of guidance already. They need 
someone to kind of look over them for a while. They need a bit of a mentorship. But these people, these these next two years, I think they're going to need it even more. Well, and I, I, I think it's probably sort of the jump in the cold water for a lot of students because, I mean, the, the feedback that I get uh, back from a lot of clinics is that the teams are exhausted. They're exhausted because practice sort of curbside consultations and uh, uh, practicing under COVID uh, uh, restrictions often meant that everything takes much, much longer than uh, than expected and uh, you uh, you're often working far more hours uh, under yeah far more sort of difficult circumstances and uh, and, and because of that sort of uh, well it's, it's it's not easy to get people sort of to to help out or to uh, to get into the team and, and and yet a lot of the teams sort of they need a break they need some support they need people to help them and because of that i mean they they certainly i mean that's possibly the good thing so there's certainly demand for veterinary students or also new veterinarians mm. yeah i mean as far as i know in belgium there is definitely or and belgium and the netherlands there is a high enough demand at least but as you said the the work pressure for vets it is it already was high but i think the pandemic has just made it even higher uh, Everyone's overworked, clinics are overworked. Lots of new puppies, lots of new kittens. <laughs> that's, a, that's a thing. So, I mean, looking looking a little bit further ahead, sort of in the future, I've if I compare sort of veterinary medicine, sort of when I qualified sort of about sort of 30, 40 years ago, sort of, and compare that now with, um, uh, the work you guys are doing uh, uh, and expect to do in 30 years. Uh, uh, how do you think the profession is going to change further? Will there be only, for example, telemedicine? Will you see an animal <laughs> at all in 30 years? What do you I, say? I hope so. I really hope I get to see an animal in 30 years still. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it's always very hard to predict the future because there's going to be things that are going to happen that no one could have seen coming. Um, definitely not me. Um, but obviously, like one of the things that has been happening a lot over the past decade, um, or has increased a lot over the past decade, obviously, digital technology, uh, and it has been sped up, it has uh, accelerated even, even more with the whole COVID pandemic, it has forced us into this this digital age even more. Um, so telemedicine uh, is definitely gonna be, I think a bigger aspect of veterinary medicine. Um, it's never gonna fully replace uh, just going to see your actual vet, at least I I think not in the, in the near future. Um, and then digital technologies, artificial intelligence. These are definitely aspects I think we're gonna see more in the future we're going to see more of um but yeah it's going to be it's going to be a roller coaster ride probably there's going to be new drugs new surgical uh mechanisms that we're going to explore so it's not going to be the same but 
when when I when I qualified was so that uh, the idea or the outlook was at least in Germany was so that they said well it's not much further progress in farm animals and in small animals a little bit of more demand but not much more and uh, well have a look how how much more work we yeah. have have seen in companion animals so, yeah. Uh, and I think that was partially driven by uh, uh, by the achievements and the developments in veterinary medicine, or also in, in in human medicine, that people just see there is so much more you can do, uh, uh, so much more is possible. Uh, you can provide much better care, and uh, sort of if this is sort of demonstrated, and also the I think the uh, status of pets within the family has really gone up sort of uh, it's not no longer just sort of yeah the the dog that is sort of uh, well outside many years ago on a chain and uh, and it's just there to protect the house or something like that uh, it's a family member or or a cat it's not just there to to, to keep sort of mm, like a farm cat sort of rats and mice sort of obey Sort of, no, 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 no. It's a very, very important sort of companion, possibly sort of the, the, the closest sort of physical sort of element people have in their life. And obviously that, that's very precious. And because of that, sort of there is an increased demand that a really good medical health or medical um, provision is uh, yeah given and also uh, sort of the the lifestyle prevention of diseases have gone have, have become far more important mm. yeah definitely there's the way that people look at their pets right now it has changed drastically over the past couple of years obviously within europe we're at a, a point now where basically our dogs and our cats they're like family members to us and that's something that I think is also going to happen to uh, a lot of the, the other regions, uh, underserved regions right now, where um, they don't particularly look at cats and dogs that way right now, not everywhere. Um, I think that is something that also comes with, uh, with the more privileged regions, such as Europe. Um, but that's definitely a trend I think we're also going to see in those regions. And the more people care about their pets, also the more money they are willing to spend basically because obviously the thing with going to a vet and um keeping your pet healthy it means you're gonna have to put in some kind of money um and you know when you're a kid they get like a, a little bunny and they care about it so much the bunny itself it only costs like 20 euros maybe but lots of parents are still going to be willing to you know, get all of the vaccines, make sure that the rabbits stays healthy throughout its entire life. Um, just because it means so much to their kid, it means it grows on you, like the little fuzzy thing, it, re it really does grow on you. One other thing I, I wanted to talk to you uh, about uh, is uh, one project that uh, IFSA and FECAVA work together on, and that's the FECAVA IBC Evidencia Travel Student Scholarship. God, that's a long word. <laughs> but but it's, I think it's it, I think it's a great project, sort of where 
10 students from different universities in Europe are able to attend the European and this year also World Congress. So that's something we are, we are very at recover. We are very grateful that IFSA is working together with us on this one. We're obviously also very grateful to IBC Evidencia for sponsoring this. But I think for students, it's, I mean, it is a win-win situation. I think for the students, it's great to get uh, this international exposure to see what is out there. And for us, it's fantastic because we suddenly sort of get, yeah, this feedback from the university. So there's not only veterinary practitioners out there who are all somewhere on this sort of specialist level or something like that. No, no, there are a lot of young veterinarians starting in first opinion practice. And I think it is very good to go back to see okay what is what are their thoughts what are their how is their knowledge base what are their interests and uh, this is certainly made possible and in addition to this it's also possible going over different borders so i think that is very important that veterinary medicine realize that veterinary medicine is not only happening in one country but everywhere and uh, and it is really a good idea to look over the border see what's outside of your own country mm. yeah definitely um yeah uh i mean vet students are the future in the end so it is a i think it's very important for um graduated vets as well to get some feedback every now and then check in with the students what's it like for you what what do you think um, which is also why I think collaborations between IVSA and FACAVA, for example, they're, they're so valuable. Um, you guys really appreciate like our input and our opinions. And I think that that's very important. Um, and we obviously appreciate the fact that um, you guys are willing to go for us to ask for our opinion. And the scholarships I think are also a, a great example of that is just 10 students attending your your Congress, getting to meet you guys, interact with not just IBC, but also with all of the FACAVA directors, get to know the association, get to actually experience a Congress like that, um, meet people from all over the world, meet students from, from all over Europe. Um, so yeah, it, it's a great experience for them. They get to attend some high class lectures, kind of like up their, uh, their vet skills. So, it definitely is a win-win. Um. Well, it is going to continue. We um, unfortunately sort of the, the FICAVA Congress, so 2021, which was planned in Prague in September is not going ahead this year now because we just had now the Congress, but uh, um, we are working hard on a 2022 presence in Prague. and. We hope that we will see again another 10 students over there and obviously also the next uh, IFSA president. So you will hand over uh, the rain in September again or how is yeah. it? Yeah, 1st of September someone uh, else is going to take over. Good. Meryl, thank you so much for this interview. It was lovely and uh, well, I uh, first of all, I wish you all the best for the remaining exams. I'm so happy that I don't have to do them anymore. <laughs>
I understand. Yeah, it's <laughs> not the best prospect. Well, but well, you will pass with flying colors. I I know that. I hope so. I hope so. Thank you so much for inviting me. It really was. It, it was a pleasure. And if anybody uh, would like to comment on this episode of Fekava Vet Chat or has any ideas about future vet chats, please email us on vetchat at fekava.org or do contact us via our social media outlets um, or otherwise uh, just speak to any one of us when you see us again at another congress or conference. Thank you very much. See you next week.